0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, reality check or straight disrespect? BYU football is a home underdog to Utah State. Let it burn.
1: Would it be a major accomplishment for BYU football to go to a bowl game this season? We'll talk with one college football writer who says it would be.
0: That college football writer is Chris Vanini from The Athletic. How BYU's modest win-loss expectations are directly related to recruiting. Let's go.
2: This. Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU
0: Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, May 22nd, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who has vibranium hair, Jerem Jordan.
1: That would be difficult to deal with, I think. Can you blow dry vibranium hair?
0: I don't know. We have to get in contact with the experts from Wakanda.
1: Yes. Wakanda forever. Exactly.
0: For those not familiar with Vibranium, it's the number one export of Wakanda, a mythical hidden city in Marvel's universe. Mythical? (laughs) What? It's also what Captain America's shield is made out of. Among other things. What's it like to have a shield on your head?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I've got plenty of hair up here. I'm good. (laughs) You should probably ask other people. who. Vi-
0: vibranium hair, man. I know. That's, that's why I'm asking.
1: Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yes, Brian.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: All rise and show. It's time for What's
2: Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU
0: Sports Nation. I had a reality check moment when I reviewed the BYU page of ESPN's Football Power Index yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Cougars are still projected to win a total of 4.7 games. Yay! And then there's the following little nugget that derailed my rather calm afternoon. The ESPN-FPI currently gives BYU a 46.5% chance to win at home against Utah State.
2: Ah, oh, jeez!
0: Uh, excuse me? Jerem, what is your reaction to BYU currently being a projected home underdog against Utah State?
1: It makes sense from a neutral perspective. BYU lost in Logan by 16 last year. That makes sense. But let me say this, and I've said it before, but I'll say it again. There's no greater failure in a BYU football season than a loss to Utah State. It's only happened five times since 81. Okay, 2017, 4-9 record. 2014 ends the 4-0 start. Beginning of a four-game losing streak. 2010, seven and six. Don't ask Brian Logan about 2010. 1993, six and six. In 1982, Steve Young's junior year, that was actually a disappointing year, eight and four. After this nice run of, of uh, eleven or twelve win seasons. Okay, it's it's weird, yes, but it makes sense. I don't think that BYU it, it, is it a is it a kind of pick 'em almost when this game is played. We'll see. We'll see. At home, I think BYU will hold serve.
0: This is ridiculous. It's based primarily on the worst numbers that BYU has put up in 50 years of football. No metric is perfect, and this one can't factor in the human element of a major coaching staff overhaul. Can't. It's based on the past, right?
1: Well, and the present, because you don't. We don't know. What we know is that BYU went four and nine and had a Correct. bad offense and lost by 16. That's what we know.
0: That's what BYU is coming on. That's why we are in this situation. I feel like the perspective on BOE football and let's be honest, the forgettable, downright, brutal 2017 season is kind of like a bad experience at a restaurant, you know that's typically regarded as a good restaurant, but you didn't have a good experience, you ate something bad, you got sick, and so you're hesitant to go back. Even though you've had other good experiences, you-
1: but they got rid of all the waiters and the chef.
0: You hesitate to go back. Yes.
1: So they so removed that. Staff. Are you going to base it off the previous staff? Like, like, Kalani is the, the guy here, right? This is the third year. But, yes, it's a different offensive staff. So you have new, new waiters and waitresses. And,
0: and you've and, got new items on the menu.
1: Yeah. Well, not really. It's like the same players.
0: Well, uh, they're doing different things is the point. We hope. Okay? They are projected to do different things. We, well, they're going to do different things. They're projected we, to do similar we... things in this. I'm saying the offense is gonna be different than what last year's was. We hope the results are different,
1: but the offense will yes. be different. Yes. Yes.
0: The offense is set up to be different because it's different people. I would hope so. Point is it's time to try something else at that restaurant. Go back. Give it another go. It's not going to be exactly what it was last year, which I kind of feel like ESPN's FPI is saying it will be. If I get food poisoning from a place, it takes a sec to go back. I know. And you were poisoned (laughs) by the schedule and the results last year. Yet the schedule's still tough.
1: Chris Fannini of The Athletic said the following in his preview of Cougar Football that came out recently. A bowl should be the minimum expectation for a place like BYU, but that could be tough with an unproven offensive coordinator trying to fix the offense and a difficult schedule. So Spencer, what would be a major accomplishment for BYU, or would it be a major accomplishment for BYU
0: to make a bowl game this season? It would be an accomplishment Not a major accomplishment. A major accomplishment to me would be BYU winning eight-plus games in year one of a brand-new offensive staff against the off discussed gauntlet and ridiculous schedule that approaches them. BYU will make a trip to a bowl game. Plan on it.
1: If they don't, what are you going to do? I still want to know that answer.
0: I haven't figured it out yet, (laughs) but I'm not worried about it because they're going to a bowl game. Like That's going to happen. They will win six games in this year's schedule. They should have won six last year. They will accomplish that thing and go to a bowl game, but it's not major. Let's get to eight plus, and then we can start discussing major accomplishments.
1: Major, no. Winning half of your game shouldn't be a major accomplishment here. This is a New Mexico State who didn't go to a bowl game for 57 years until last year and beat Utah State in overtime, by the way. Why should we celebrate doing half of something well? I baked half of this cake. I read half of this book. I made one of my two free throws. That's half awesome. The only half awesome anything is a half marathon. Okay. So winning six games isn't... A major accomplishment. It would be an accomplishment given the way last year was and given the new staff. And the, to me, m- mainly the schedule, like winning six against that schedule, yes, that's solid, but it's not a major accomplishment. I'm with you. Yeah, like eight, to me, the, the minimum uh, uh, quantity f- of wins for a good team is eight. We're not talking about
0: baseball. Baseball is unique in its own fairytale land, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. Where you get hits in half of your at bats and you're a legend. Right.
1: Oh, that. no one does that. And to be a third, a third, you're really good.
0: Even in baseball, though, a fan base is like, okay, we won 81 games and lost 81 games. You finished. I'm used to that
1: with the Mariners. Hey, That's not, about where we sit.
0: Not great. Not great. Unless you're right. coming off a season where you win 30 games.
1: Yeah. If you're the Reds right now and you're like 81 games, I'd take that. You know. But in football, college football's not hard. You play an FCS team and then you
0: need to win five other games. Talking about football, not base. Yeah, football. Six wins. Basketball
1: 500 is pathetic. 80 teams go to a bowl game this year. 80 of the 130. That's not
0: hard. It would be an accomplishment.
1: Last year, all BYU had to do was beat UMass and ECU, and they would have gone to a bowl game. And the rhetoric would be different.
0: Not a a major accomplishment. (sighs) An accomplishment. BYU basketball has shot under 35%, so well under the halfway mark from the three-point line as a team over the past two seasons. That said, typically 40% is a really good number. Under 35, not great. It's not the end-all, be-all for measuring success for BYU basketball, but it couldn't hurt the Cougars' chances of being a tournament team if they can shoot a higher percentage than 34.7. In fact, the former head coach Steve Cleveland has a specific number in mind, which he shared with us yesterday.
2: I think they need to be in the thirty-eight to forty percent. I mean, that's what's going to make that's going to make the difference between them winning a WCC championship or winning a WCC tourney or getting to the NC two A tournament.
0: I, of all people, value the three-point shot in today's game of basketball, collegiate or pro level, just as much as anyone else. And so, I agree with Coach Cleveland. But, Jerem, is Coach Cleveland's thirty-eight to forty percent three-point made field goal number? two too high to you, too low, or just right? I think it's too
1: high. Um, I, I don't know that there are enough shooters to get that uh, on this team to get that up there. When BYU's done it in the past, they've had enough guys to kind of share the load there. TJ Haas, Nick Emery, proven three-point shooters, although uh, TJ took a step back. Zach Selyus took a step back. I see those guys improving. I think Peyton Dashtrip can get some more run. Here's the deal. That range is pretty high. When BYU went to the Sweet 16, With Jimmer Fredette, it's best season in 30 years. Arguably, it's best season ever. BYU shot 36%. Okay, but It's not like a... Yeah, like you said, it's not a tell-all. Four of the eight years for Dave Rose, BYU shot at least 38% of of the eight seasons in the NCAA tournament. So it's not a... It depends on the composition of your team. This year's team isn't loaded with just a bunch... Like, four shooters all the time. Yoli Childs uh, and company... On the end, Like, are you getting to the rim or are you hoping to get a three? Like, if you're the Rockets, you're like, yeah, dude, we need to shoot 40% plus from three because we're going to launch 50 a game. BYU's not the Rockets. I think it's a little hot. I think if you're in the 36, 37 range, you'll be just fine.
0: I feel like BYU needs to be the team that shoots a lot of threes.
1: Well, if if T.J. Haas and Zach Selye shoot like they shot last year, uh, no, you but don't But if
0: T.J. Haas and Zach Selye but shoot like they, they did as better. freshmen.
1: Yeah, if they shoot better, then now yes. Now We're
0: talking. I just don't think 38% is some unachievable number. I don't think it's that high. You're, you're Your telling totally...
1: me. shot 38% in three seasons.
0: Okay. When was the last time they had a, a really good three-point shooter on the floor?
1: Zach Selius.
0: And when? And what 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 was? What did they shoot the year that he played?
1: Did he play 16-17? Yes. Yeah, 34% as a team.
0: No, 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 no. Was it 16 He only 17? missed one year. Regardless. This needs to be higher, because I feel like BYU can have an advantage against teams if they can accentuate their three-point shooting ability.
1: BYU had a worse three-point shooting percentage than last year and made the NCAA tournament one year. Thirty-four point thirty-four point three. Like, it's not... They made the first four shooting 34% one year. It, it like...
0: They it, lost Jimmer depend- Fredette and Jackson Emery. It
1: depends on the composition of your team.
0: And then went down to 34%. Yeah. Yes, and it became a Let's Brandon say. Davies, Noah Hartsock post-heavy team.
1: Yeah. Well, Hartsock shot 40% from three. Like, what he was I'm a saying
0: is the, the composition of this team, to me, feels like a team that has to shoot 38% if they want to find great success. With because Nick Emery, TJ Haas, and Zach Selyas. They're assassins. They should be. That's what they were recruited to do.
1: Now, those guys will help, certainly help you get there. But a Ryland Bergerson. And a Josh shear Hardnet will really actually push the number up there. That's how you do it.
0: And I feel like that is the key to success. Continuing the basketball conversation,
1: yesterday we discussed the following with Steve Cleveland. Who is the BYU Hoops dormant player you expect to have a big year next year? Because we know kind of the stars, but who's kind of the, the dark horse, the, the dormant player that could erupt?
0: For a couple of reasons, it's Nick Emery. He hasn't played a game for BYU basketball in more than a year and has shown us that he is capable of of going for 30-plus in any individual game. Does that not scream dormant volcano-type player?
1: It screams eruption.
0: Yes. Like, you're just sitting there doing nothing, and then all of a sudden, chaos. That, to me, is Nick Emery. He can do this. He can go for 30-plus on any given night, and he hasn't played basketball for BYU in more than a year. He is, to me, the dormant player, that can erupt and lead BYU back to the NCAA tournament.
1: I want some cheesy Photoshop with Nick's face on a volcano or something right now. Zach Selyus is the guy for me. 50% three-point shooter, made almost two a game as a freshman, went down to 30% last year, .7 makes as a sophomore. So he didn't even shoot as much, let alone make as much, and his percentage went down 20%. I think Zach, in a new offense that get uh, values maybe the open three a little more than last year, and I don't want it to be, uh, you know, in years past the tempo was really high, some kind of variation that's in the middle between what Heath did and what Terry did. Stretch forward, game changer, get to the middle, 40% kind of shooter. I think Zach Selyus could be a real game changer for BOE because then can go small, but he's 6'7". A Kyle Korver type can come off the bench and be a guy that can make some nice shot, some big shots. Last year he proved he can be a little high-low guy too. Yeah. I don't want to see him pre- I want to see him more on the three-point line though. You don't go from being a 50% three-point shooter just to 30 without some major concern, right? I think Zach Sellius hopefully in the offseason can be the guy that we saw he was as a freshman, which was arguably the best freshman three-point shooter in the country.
0: The real issue for BYU is maybe not so much the percentage. Yes, it needs to go up, but they're shooting less. So if you shoot a smaller per- a worse percentage and you're taking and- less threes,
1: well, that's a problem. Last year, BYU shrunk the game, ran a, a deliberate offense. Like, it's not going to be that way this next year. Steve Cleveland thinks that the answer to this question might be Peyton Dastrup. Mm.
2: I mean, you've got somebody that's been in the program in and, and, and Dastrup that, that has the capabilities of doing it. And I think for him, it's as much mental as it is physical. I think his commitment to the weight room, his commitment to just conditioning, his commitment to having the right mindset. I mean, he is a young man that has lots and lots of skills offensively, and, and, and they need him to make that next step.
0: You want to talk about a guy that can stretch the defense and make a three as stretch a five. stretch five? Peyton Dastrup is the guy. He's the guy, right? He's our guy. Who else is going to do that for BYU as a big? Maybe yeah. Ryan Andrus? Maybe? Ryan Andrus can shoot threes.
1: But but we have yet to see him healthy.
0: Some things to think about for sure. Also, think about this, our question of the day. Would it be a major accomplishment for BYU to make a football bowl game this season? Time to hear from you, BYU Sports Nation, and go to Voice of the Nation.
2: This is the Voice of the
0: Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Ames Flames, in on Twitter. Yes, because of the schedule, even a great team would have a tough time with this schedule. Six and six is what we, and she says we, probably as fans, are hoping for, which is pretty sad. Hashtag just go bowling. So there are mixed signals, mixed messages right there.
1: The only difference between this schedule and a Power Five schedule is that you would have more Power Five home games. So BOA has five Power Five games, four on the road, okay? If you were in a Power Five, Conference, you had a four-home, four-road, depending on what league you'd play in, five or four. 2019 so is that not, schedule for BYU. It's not a huge difference, right? So that's what every Power 5 team is kind of 2019
0: doing, right? is the Power 5 home schedule for BYU. Yeah,
1: so if anything, BYU has non-Power 5 home games, so it should be easier than a Power 5 schedule.
0: Dave Niederhauser on Facebook, no, it's only six wins. It should be an expectation, not a major accomplishment.
1: Amen. We ex- you expect to go to a bowl game. Yeah, absolutely. Coming up, you laugh, you lose on Between the Lines.
0: College football writer Chris Vanini of The Athletic just released his State of the Program article about BYU football and his projections for the approaching 2018 season. How is recruiting directly related to the state of BYU football? We'll ask him. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: And we will be at the BYU Store Friday at noon Eastern time for BYU Sports Nation. Can't wait. If you're local, come hang out. If not, we'll be live as usual on BYU TV and BYU Radio.
0: Have you locked down those coupons yet, Jerem?
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) I
0: have. (laughs) BYU Store is
1: cheap enough. I don't even need those coupons. Nice plug. Yeah, they're
0: great. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation rolling on social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. You can also check us out on Facebook if that's what you prefer. Use the hashtag BYUSN when you want to converse with us wherever, however, whichever social media platform you prefer. Our question of the day, would it be a major accomplishment for BYU football to make a bowl game this season at Laser Sheep on Twitter. Not a major one, in my opinion. That's the expectation. I'd say if BYU finishes ranked, <laughs> that would be a major accomplishment for this season specifically. Just win,
1: baby. Uh any season recently, that'd be a major accomplishment in BYU football history. It's always a major accomplishment to finish ranked Especially if you're outside the Power Five.
0: At this point, I'm willing to call that an elite accomplishment if BYU finishes a season ranked as an independent. Given where we are right now? With these type of schedules. Given where the Cougars are? BYU hasn't finished ranked in the AP poll since 2009. We've gotten to the point where if they do so, that's an elite accomplishment. Right? We're at that juncture. I
1: unfortunately agree with that.
0: Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Answer our question. More of your responses later in the show. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is a very talented writer for The Athletic, Chris Vanini. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, Chris. Hey, thanks for having me. You just put out your BYU football state of the program projection for the 2018 football season. I want to start with this. When you think of BYU football, just from an overall standpoint... What's the first thing that comes to your mind?
3: Well, the first thing that came to mind for a while was consistency. I mean, this was a team that had made eleven straight bowl games heading into last year. Sometimes it was by the offense leading the way, sometimes by the defense in the latter years. Uh, so I always just viewed it as a, as a tough program that was always consistent, gonna you know would always be a tough game for everybody. But then last year, obviously, the bottom falls out, and suddenly. You know your perceptions of the program very much change, and heading into 2018, I think this is a very big year in terms of what the perception of the program is going to be moving forward.
1: You talked about what comes back for BYU, and it's a lot: ninety-six percent of the passing yards, ninety-nine percent of the rushing yards, eighty-nine percent of the receiving yards. But that's from a group that went four and nine. So, what do you think of the group that returns for BYU, especially on offense?
3: Well, yeah, obviously they bring just about everybody back, and. and Theoretically there's nowhere to go but up. I mean, they were near the bottom of the country in every single offensive category basically, and as a result, Kawani Sataki overhauls basically the entire offensive staff and brings in a bunch of new guys. Jeff Grimes is the offensive coordinator and so he knows that things need to change. I think there's reason for optimism. I mean, the final four games, Squally Canada, you know, averages like seven yards a carry. You know, Tanner Mangum's had some good Seasons in the past when he's healthy, obviously you got to see when he's healthy. So, you know, Matt Bushman as a freshman last year showed a lot of potential. I think there's a lot of, you know, there's potential, there's pieces here that that can be done and give everybody another year of experience that'll be good. However, Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator, has never been an offensive coordinator before, so you don't really know what you're going to get from him. You don't really know what kind of offense he's going to end up leaning on. I know he wants to be multiple, but that could mean anything at this point in the year. So. I think there's reasons for optimism, but you know I'm not going to go out and say this is going to be a pretty good offense because you know obviously you got to show it first.
0: Chris Vanini from the Athletic with us on BYU Sports Nation. BYU returns a lot of the offense from last year that you just brought up. Uh, some specific names: 96% of the passing yards, 99% of the rushing yards. Why should what? What's the most optimistic thing that BYU fans should hang their hats on at this juncture?
3: Do you mean regards to the offense or the team in general? Just
0: the team, the offense, whatever. It might be the offense. What do you think?
3: I, I think it's going to be the pass rush. Uh, they really like the defensive line, the guys they got. They moved. I know they moved Sammy, uh, Taki Taki, the linebacker, uh, to get some more speed on the field. Uh, they, they, they seem to think this is going to be the fastest, most athletic defense that they've had in quite some time there. Uh, they moved a lot of guys around different positions to get them in better spots. And I think the pass rush is going to be pretty good. Obviously, Taki, Taki, uh, and then Corbin Kafusi leading the defensive line, and they're the big guy. So I think the pass rush is probably going to be the strength of this team.
1: The BYU schedule is certainly a tough one, and the Cougars have chosen to challenge themselves immensely. What do you think of the 2018 schedule for the BYU Cougars?
3: Yeah, I mean it's tough and especially that first half and you know I think you kind of got to see if if things don't go well to start if they if they snowball and kind of you know get out of control like it did last year. Opening at Arizona is a very tough game. Khalil Tate the quarterback, you know, could be a Heisman contender again. Uh, home against Cal, uh, a, a decent team last year that should be better in year 2 under Justin Wilcox. At at Wisconsin which will be contending for the comfortable playoff. McNeese State, obviously, FCS, and then at Washington, which is another team contending for the playoffs. So it's you could see the team coming coming out one and four out of those first five games. And if that happens, you wonder, you know, are they going to be able to turn things around? Now, if they come out of that, you know, maybe three and two, then suddenly things are looking really good. They're heading into the second half. So uh, it, it's a tough schedule. and I know you guys were just talking about it. I think of making a bowl game against the schedule when you include the Boise game, the Utah game, Northern Illinois, uh Utah State obviously, you know, beat BYU last year. I, I think it's I think it's an I don't know if it's a major accomplishment, but I think it's an important accomplishment. This could be a much better team than a year ago, but the record may not reflect that.
1: And that's the issue I have with BYU schedules. I don't see what the point of scheduling so tough is. Um, it's hard to be relevant without a conference unless you get ranked, and you aren't getting ranked unless you probably win ten games. There's probably some happy medium between BYU's what BYU's doing and not doing something that's too easy. So, what what do you think of the way BYU schedules? Like, what does it do for the Cougars, and what does it maybe? How does it maybe hurt BYU?
3: You know, I'm you know I'm not in the athletic department, so I can't say the various you know positives of of, of and, and financials of different things. But obviously, bigger games get you bigger platforms, bigger broadcast games, bigger TV, and and, and that's important to the school. Um, and if you win those games, that that you know, pushes you up even more. The downside is obviously you lose those games and you start to become less relevant, and and that's the balancing act that they've been. Trying to figure out, and I know Bronco Mendenhall kind of went back and forth on that uh, during his tenure. Um, I, I think there's, I think there's a mix you can do, you know. But but some teams want to play the best, and if you're gonna if you're gonna compare yourself to the best and say that's the standard, then that's you know that's the way you end up scheduling.
0: Chris Vanini from the Athletic, college football writer, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Kalani Satake came to BYU as a known talented recruiter. The recruiting rankings are obviously one way to evaluate a recruiting class. What the players do on the field is another. But those rankings have been as follows in this order, 49, 66, and 77 over the past three years. How can we evaluate recruiting prowess and Kalani Satake's ability to do so uh, when those are the numbers and it's, it's going down right now? Chris, what do you think of that?
3: Yeah, I mean it it hasn't it hasn't been great and obviously last year or this this latest class is, is not ranked great but I think a big reason for that is is also coming off of a poor season that that plays a factor and it, it's always you know it's, it's a little difficult obviously BYU is a, a different institution than everybody else I know I it's hard it's hard to judge recruiting classes because guys come in at different times. I think there's something like 14 guys who are going to who are coming back from missions to to play for the team for the first time. So do you count that toward this recruiting class or not? It's, it's, it's a little bit weird. But, yeah, the past four classes, they've only had four four-star players, and two of those aren't on the roster anymore. One of them graduated, and Chaz IU is on his mission. So it, they have outperformed those recruiting rankings. Over the past those four years, three of those years, they were ranked higher in the Massey Index, an advanced stat that kind of ranked teams the last the previous three years before last year they were ranked higher than the recruiting classes so they were outperforming them they just weren't great classes and then last year the bottom falls out so you know early in bronco mendenhall's tenure he was getting classes in the ranked in the 40s so you know it can be done but uh you know if you don't win it's not going to happen either
1: Absolutely, and something BYU's done pretty well is develop those guys. If you get good recruits and develop them, now you've got you know NFL draft picks and whatnot. But you had conversations with the with the BYU staff in the process here. What's your impression of Kalani Sitake and kind of BYU football after those conversations?
3: You know, he's he's cautiously optimistic. He he likes what he's seen from everybody with the new offense. He he again really likes the changes that they made on defense um he thought spring went better than he expected but he also admitted that every coach thinks that at this time of year every coach thinks they had a good spring and things could work and you're not going to know until they get under the lights in tucson for that first game Uh, he's made the changes he thinks need to be made to turn it around and he thinks the potential is there but it's going to be hard to tell until uh until they actually get on the field and he he knows that He, he knows the pressure he's under—that's why he made so many changes—and and now he's got to wait to see if those changes work.
0: I'm always interested to hear from the different national writers that write about BYU and the social media response they get from BYU fans in that instance. So, what has the social media response from BYU fans been like for you after you put out your article, Chris?
3: Uh, we, we've had a lot of a lot of feedback from BYU people. So, some people not happy with Kwani, others. You know, thinking team could be better, but just in general, there's been a lot of attention on this article and covering BYU. I mean, this is my fourth radio inter- radio interview I've done uh, with it with a different with a different place about it. So there's, I, I've noticed that there is definitely a ton of interest in the program, even coming off of a four or nine season. Um, so that I mean, that fan base is is certainly strong and uh, and vocal.
1: Yeah, if it's if it's a little dry during the summer and you need something, just put out a BYU in college football <laughs> landscape something, and you're gonna you'll get a reaction. But Chris, where can people uh, read more of your stuff?
3: Uh, well, we're part of the All American, the college football arm of the Athletic. If you go to uh, the, the athletic dot com slash All American, that will be our college football coverage. We're currently it's a subscription site. We're currently running a deal. Uh, this BYU store was part of our State of the Program. We're doing every power five team in, in most group of fives and in independents. If you go to the athletic.com slash state of the program special, you can get 40% off a subscription for a year. It ends up being like three bucks a month. It's like a cup of coffee a month, really. Uh, for, for some of the best college football writing there is Stuart Mandel, the former Fox sports and, and sports illustrated guy leads the way for us. Uh, we've got a team of almost 10 writers now and we're still growing. And, um, Again, covering every team every day of this offseason, and just uh, there's no ads on the site either. Don't have to worry about that. So, the athletic. dot com slash state of the program special is where you can get a discount. And uh, we've been doing this since last August. Feedback's been great, and uh, we appreciate everybody who's been reading.
0: Follow him at Chris Venini on Twitter, writer for the Athletic. Chris, great t- Great stuff, man. Great to talk to you.
3: Thanks for having me, guys.
0: On the Deseret First Credit Union hotline, Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future.
1: I think for this audience it'd be like a, like a soda, like one soda a month, right?
0: It's a forty-four ounce fountain drink at yeah your at, favorite at, at whatever store.
1: Or in the case of Provo specifically, there's a couple of <laughs> outlets who only do this.
0: It's a flavored soda.
1: One near the track,
0: An extra flavored yeah. soda. If
1: they pay, we'll mention them. If they pay, <laughs> we'll mention them. Yeah, we ain't
0: doing it for free. <laughs> oh.
1: yeah! interesting insight from him a national writer on BYU and uh, I was like hearing the thoughts of those guys on the schedule but yeah he, he's right there are big opportunities big games I just don't want too many of them
0: I'm with him I think that BYU hangs their hat on the defensive front seven on the pass rush
1: that was a Kalani Satake staple at Is great D-lines. Can BYU get a great D line this year? We'll see. Coming up the three top twenty-five college basketball teams on BYU's preseason schedule or non-conference schedule. We'll tell you who.
0: Typically, Jerem, when people laugh, it's a winning scenario. Typically. That is not the case for between the lines. Next, you laugh, you lose. Don't laugh, Lauren. Straight face, winning games. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation, friends, welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, nationally simulcast on BYU TV. We're on demand anytime, anywhere. Download the podcast on iTunes or the TuneIn app, also available on Stitcher.
1: And wherever
0: podcasts are sold (laughs) or downloaded. Now presenting some of today's top BYUSN stories.
2: It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines.
0: NFL Organized Team Activities, or OTAs, start this week. Fred Warner with the San Francisco 49ers, their third-round draft pick, he began yesterday. All other rookie BYU players with their NFL teams will also start at some point this week. Rose Wong
1: finished in the top 25 at four over in the NCAA Golf Championships. Congratulations to Rose. This is the first time BYU's had an individual top 25 qualifier since 2006.
0: She had three birdies on the back nine after a rough front nine. So a good, strong finish for Rose Wong. Congratulations. BYU men's track and field up one spot to seventh in the USTF CCCA rankings. Three BYU squads. Ranked number 1 nationally, men's steeplechase, women's high jump, and men's 10K.
1: Nice. And BYU softball players Libby Sugg, Brielle Breeland, and Brooke Vanderhyde were named to the NCA Eugene All-Region team. Congrats.
0: Listen to this. In spite of not having a home pool to train in currently, BYU swim and dive teams finished the season with 21 athletes named... All MPSF. Is that all Federation, Jerem?
1: All Federation. That's right. With Star Trek. They
0: know how to compete. But how will they handle a different kind of water pressure? (laughs) I'm intrigued. Let's go between the lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines.
4: The swim and dive teams are obviously fond of water, but maybe not necessarily when it's spit in their face. But if they laugh... With the help of assistant coach Yolanda Bates, that is precisely what happens.
5: Hi, this is Between the Lines, and this is the BYU serving team, and my purpose is to make them laugh. Uh, no. <laughs> I win!
1: You can't even look at me. You can't even can't. look me in the eye.
5: Get your water bottles. This is just like having a dual meet, guys, okay? What sound does a sleeping T-Rex make? A dino snore. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, 6.30 is the best time in the clock. Hands down. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh my God. (laughs) I winked at her and I laughed.
5: Hey, look. Grab your water.
1: Let's go. Let's go.
5: Be by. The purpose okay. is not to laugh. More, more. Come on. At least half that bottle. What do you call a hundred rabbits walking backwards? A receding hairline. How does Moses prepare his tea? He brews it. <laughs> you swallow. You <laughs> lost. Do I win? <laughs> Yay! She's already laughing. Okay. Grab your water. Boy versus girl. Did you hear Mentos is coming out with a women's only candy? It's called female empowerment. What did the plumber say to the singer? Nice vibes. (laughs) I don't think I read that right. (laughs)
1: What does an angry
0: pepper do? It gets jalapeno face. What do you call a cheesy guy at BYU that can't get married? Provolone.
5: Or your country. And it's not a United States, you know. Why do you call a Spanish pig. Porque <laughs> pig. <laughs>
4: We didn't get as many people sprayed in the face with water as we wanted, but it was still awesome. I think Jeremy Spencer gonna be using some of these jokes, are you not? We are? Okay. I don't know.
1: For the Y Awards, maybe, next yeah, year? Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> Put it in your back pocket for next year. <laughs> we have no year. bad jokes. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Maybe don't use any of those. Nice pipes was uh,
0: was the highlight. Yeah, I me. like
4: how she said it. <laughs> nice pipes. Nice pipes.
0: <laughs> like, no, you read it well. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, she did a good job. Well, next week, we said this last week, but it really is next week. We're going to be jamming with Jetty, but no jamming will be involved. Hillary is just going to be <laughs> yeah, playing yeah. horse. We're going to be playing horse with this. He's six six and he can't dunk. <laughs> He probably good. Yeah. I would hey, put a him <laughs> He was hitting some deep NBA threes. Oh, he's so.
1: legit, dude! Like, yeah, really I want to see, I want to see Juddy versus Brian Santiago shootout because Brian says he still got it from
0: three. Really though? You know, I want to um, throw in the mix. They're and, both ultra competitive too.
1: David Almodova, the athletic marketing guy, he has like the Utah State record for threes in high school or something. He's I like top that. five.
0: We need to follow up
1: on that. Yeah, I've seen David I don't play. Know, he's got I don't a if I want
4: Juddy and Brian Santiago. There might be some punches thrown. At the end of that.
1: That would be awesome, right? We were at the last <laughs> BYU
4: brawl. We were there. It was awesome.
1: No, it wasn't, actually.
4: <laughs> but now it's the Civil War. Yeah. Anyway, guys, hey, that. That follow us exciting. on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, BYU BTL. follow. use the hashtag, BYUBTL, if you want to join the conversation. It's a great follow. It is a great follow. We've got a lot of awesome stuff. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you, gentlemen.
0: Good laughs. Great times. BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> Between get me out of the here. lines. Give me out of here. Our question of the day. Would it be a major accomplishment for BYU football to make a bowl game this season? At Stephen Pushes on. on Facebook says a step in the right direction would be to get to a bowl. If BYU gets six or seven wins this year, I'd be satisfied. Yes. But this isn't a friendly schedule coming off last year, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out.
1: Ain't nothing friendly
0: about it. Coming up, what's next for Fred Warner with the 49ers? And you want to talk about loading up that non-conference schedule? BYU basketball scheduled to face three top 15 teams next season, according to CBS Sports. Two of those out of conference. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: Between the Lines is brought to you by Tim Daly Nissan. Think Nissan. Think Tim Daly Southtown. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And
1: we'll be at the BYU Store Friday, noon Eastern time. If you want to hang out, 10 a.m. local time. You can join us in person or on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Always good to be in the BYU Store. The The Title sponsor of BYU Sports Nation.
0: Jerem will sign any memorabilia you bring to him.
1: It's not true. Any is too big of a word. Those three <laughs> letters. <laughs> yeah, not any. Come on.
0: He will sign just about any memorabilia you bring to him.
1: No, we'd love to have you in person if you're local. If not, uh, you can always weigh in on the conversation on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.
0: This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. We call it BYU Sports Nation. I'm Spencer Linton alongside the aforementioned Jerem Jordan. Our daily BYUSN rebroadcast airs each and every weeknight on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. If you like to listen on BYU radio, the rebroadcast happens at 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain. CBS Sports has released an updated college basketball top 25. And BYU, we've been talking about it for weeks now, they have loaded up the schedule, specifically in the non-conference. We just told you, BYU has scheduled, right now, three top 15 teams, two of those out of conference. We'll start with the West Coast Conference vote. No surprise here, Gonzaga in at number five number in five. this list. Woo! Well, they
1: lose Jonathan Williams and Silas Melson, but they return everybody. Plus, they add a uh, top 50 guy from Europe and Philip Petrusev. Greg Foster, remember, the jazz player? His son out of Vegas is going to join. Brandon Clark, San Jose State, was like a 17-9 and 9 guy. And then uh, Joel Ayei will join as well. is going to be good again. They're going to win the league, regular season, tournament. They're going to go to the Sweet 16. And beyond, this is what they do. The moment that Killian
0: Tilly and Rui Hachimura both said they were coming back to Gonzaga, knowing that they have Zach Norvell back there as well, along with the guys you just mentioned that are coming into the program. Like, number five is no surprise. Fifth, though. No no surprise. Like, they will be that good.
1: They are that good. That's a quad one. Okay. Two or three times. That's good for BYU. In the
0: non-con. Get them once. This is where it gets really interesting. Get them once. The Nevada Wolfpack. I thought it was Nevada. Stop it. At number eight. Woo. Two top ten teams currently on BYU schedule, according to CBS Sports.
1: Here's why. The Martin Twins, Caleb and Cody.
0: That game Thanks. is at Nevada to open up the season.
1: That one's a really hard game. Like, top ten on the road, potentially. That's really hard. Uh, Jordan Caroline's really good as well. This is, uh, Eric Musselman said that he thinks this could be the best Nevada team ever if, if the they Martins come back. come back. If they come back. I haven't checked to see if the Martins have declared they're coming back or not, but if they do come back, that's legit because they were a uh, Sweet 16 last year team. They won the regular season in the Mountain West. They were upset by San Diego State in the Mountain West title game, making it a two-bid league. San Diego State's also on BYU's schedule. They've
0: added a five-star guy, too. Another five-star for Nevada got a five-star recruit. Wow. His name is Jordan Brown. Imagine Sounds him made coupled up. up with those twins. Woo! Sounds made up. Holy cow. Nevada. And at number 15, Mississippi State. Hey, Another that, road non-conference game for BYU. That one's
1: off the board a little bit. Mississippi State, semifinal team in the NIT, returns four dudes who dip their toes in the NBA waters. Okay. 25-12 and 12 last year. Ben Howland, you may remember him from UCLA days. They lost yeah, nobody coached off the Kevin roster. Kevin Love and Russell Westbrook and those Whole guys. Whole
0: roster is back.
1: So that's that's an NCAA tournament team. That's a team that in the SEC could be a dark horse to kind of sneak into the top four or five there. Um, that's a tough non-conference road game, too. I almost wonder if the non-con for BYU is too tough. Like, because BYU is going on the road, the schedulocracy that is – NCAA men's basketball, this will help BYU for sure. The question isn't, is this tough enough? It is tough enough. Will BYU get enough wins to be able to make, uh, get an at-large bid? That's one, the question.
0: One of these road wins almost feels like two quality wins because the level of opponent is so high. It'd be a quad one road win? Exactly. Woo! Yeah. Like Those are really valuable. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you always not, not one. Quad one home game probably Gonzaga. They're not expected to win any of these games because they're on the road. Nevada, and Mississippi State, BYU is not projected to win. So if they
1: lose, no, there'll be a dog in every all they four of those be, games. Two with Gonzaga, right?
0: They won't be punished, but but, but will you be rewarded? Those, if yes, they that's win the one question. Of those, it is a major reward. And just to update you on the whole Quad one, Quad two. Quad three situation. Quad four. The NCAA tournament ranks games dependent on where they are played, who they are against. uh, That's it.
1: And what you rank in the RPI. So
0: let's say. And it's based on RPI. Yes. Let's say
1: Nevada is the number 20 RPI team. Okay. A quad one game is 1 through 30 home, 1 through 50 neutral, 1 through 75 away, and so on. So each quad has its own distinction. So depending on who you play, what they are in the RPI, and where you play them that will be categorized into a certain quad. Okay, Quad one games are very valuable. BYU has loaded up on what we think will be more quad one games and quad two games. You want to avoid quad three and quad four playing at all. You can't control that, though, because when you play at Pacific, whatever, that's just a quad three. And when it's home, it's a quad four. Like Unless Pacific sneaks into quad two somehow, which last year there weren't too many of those. It was just St. Mary's and Utah. And at Utah Valley was a quad two because... The Wolverines played pretty well in that league but didn't win it. BYU so will BYU, have But BYU's loaded up with a better Selection Sunday resume. Can they close. win enough to get in is the question.
0: It's not close to what they were dealing with last year. BYU had one quad one game in the non-conference. And we hope neutral that Neutral against more. Alabama.
1: Yeah. We think it will be more with San Diego State, Mississippi State, and Nevada. And if Utah is a top 15, that will be that. Houston is at home. That will not be a quad one unless they finish top 30.
0: Who knows? They're likely
1: not to finish in the top 30. It'll probably be a quad two.
0: That's the status update from the college basketball scene for BYU and their tough schedules. We have talked ad nauseum about BYU football's tough schedule. And with that in mind, we asked this question would it be a major accomplishment for BYU football to make a bowl game this season? They got to get through the gauntlet. They got to win six games at DB underscore Nelson 22 on Instagram. If BYU goes six and six and just squeaks in, then I don't say that it's a major accomplishment, but if we talk eight wins or more against the schedule, then we're getting somewhere. Amen. Right in line with what I was saying. Coming
1: A-plus up. wins. Yeah. Coming up. Rose Wong accomplished something no other Cougars done since 06. We'll tell you what it is.
0: And more from you, the voice of the nation. Coming up, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Send in your responses. What would count as a major accomplishment? That's another question I want to ask. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: Hi, Scott. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by
0: DexterLaw.com. For help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, Chris Vanini of The Athletic, his BYU football preview, and Lauren Frankham of Between the Lines. Dennis Pitta, look, it's not us, it's you. We just ran out of time. Sorry, man. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play.
1: we up tomorrow, college basketball stat man Ken Pomeroy on quantifiable home court advantage. Let's whip it. It's
2: time for the Cougar Whip Around.
1: Cougars in the NFL. NFL organized team activities or OTAs begin this week. San Francisco 49ers linebacker Fred Warner started yesterday. All other BYU players in the NFL have OTAs scheduled this week golf.
0: Rose Huang finished 21st overall at the NCAA Golf Championships. Big push on the back nine. This is the first time since 2006 BYU has featured a top 25 finisher.
1: Track and field. The men's team moves up a spot to 7th in the USTFCA rankings. Three BYU squads rank number one nationally, men's steeplechase, men's 10K, and the women's high jump. Softball:
0: Libby Sog, Brielle Breeland, and Brooke Vanderheide of BYU Softball named the NCAA Eugene All-Region team.
1: Cougars in the minors. Michael Rucker struck out eight in six innings, pitched in a win for the Tennessee Smokies in AA. Athletics News.
0: Sophomore gymnast Angel Zong and senior diver Matt Dankers have been selected for the academic all-district women's men's at-large team. Zong maintained a 4.0 GPA in neuroscience. Dankers wow. rocking a 391 GPA in his master's in the Marriott School of Business. Overachievers, holy cow. They both are eligible to be considered for academic all American honors. Very nice. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help, where you need the most, DexterLaw.com.
1: Goes to Angel Song and Matt Dankers. 4 Tremend- 0 in neuroscience and a 391 in a the master's MBA. What?
4: Both or MIA because Masters victory. is the first. Yes,
1: M? yeah,
0: that is an actual
1: victory. <laughs> <laughs> Our
0: very question nice. of the day: Would it be a major accomplishment or actual victory for BYU to make a bowl game this season? That Moser, BYU on Instagram. Definitely, the result would be that BYU fans would have hope again moving forward. It'd be hard to play for a program that has very little hope right now. Yeah, one
1: season. Let's see. Let's see if this is worse than we think. We think that BYU gets back to a bowl game. Then you take a step in the right direction. You go from there.
0: Joe Walker on Facebook with a new offense, no clear quarterback and last year's efforts. It would be a big deal. If BYU plays in a bowl game. That's a good question for another day. Our elite voice of the day, Nathan Crook on Facebook. (laughs) It wouldn't be a major accomplishment because we already have a storied history of making a bowl game. Every year. Well, not anymore. Last season was more of an abnormality. It should be an expectation to win at least six games per year. Hey
1: Amen, my half theory. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand on BYUSN.com.
0: Find our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Carrie, Summer Hayes, roberts Oh, yeah, coaching to victory. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern.